0: Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue with our year-long journey reading the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with diary entry number 121. There is a series of graces which God pours into the soul after these trials by fire. The soul enjoys intimate union with God It has many visions, both corporal and intellectual. It hears many supernatural words and sometimes distinct orders. But despite these graces, it is not self-sufficient. In fact, it is even less so as a result of God's graces, because now it is open to many dangers and can easily fall prey to illusions. It ought to ask God for a spiritual director. But not only must it pray for one, but it must also make every effort to find a leader who is an expert in these things, just as a military leader must know the ways along which he will lead his followers into battle. A soul that is united with God must be prepared for great and hard-fought battles. After these purifications and tears, God abides in the soul in a special way, but the soul does not always cooperate with these graces. Not that the soul itself is not willing to work, but it encounters so many interior and exterior difficulties that it really takes a miracle to sustain the soul on these summits. In this, it absolutely needs a director. People have often sown doubt in my soul, and I myself have sometimes become frightened at the thought that I was, after all, an ignorant person and did not have knowledge of many things, above all spiritual things. But when my doubts increased, I sought light from my confessor or my superiors, yet I did not obtain what I desired. When I opened myself to my superiors, one of them, probably Mother Michael or Mother Mary Joseph, understood my soul and the road God intended for me. When I followed her advice, I made quick progress towards perfection. But this did not last long. When I opened my soul still more deeply, I did not obtain what I desired. It seemed to my superiors that these graces, of which I was the object, were unlikely, and so I could not draw any further help from her. She told me it was impossible that God should commune with his creatures in such a way. I fear for you, sister. Isn't this an illusion of some sort? You'd better go and seek the advice of a priest. But the confessor did not understand me and said, you'd better go, sister, and talk about these matters with your superiors. And so I would go from the superiors to the confessor, and from the confessor to the superiors, and I found no peace. These divine graces became a great suffering for me. And more than once I said to the Lord directly, Jesus, I am afraid of you. Could you not be some kind of a ghost? Jesus always reassured me, but I still continued to be incredulous. It is a strange thing, however, the more I became incredulous, the more Jesus gave me proofs that these things came from him. When I saw that my mind was not being set at rest by my superiors, I decided to say nothing to them of these purely interior matters. Exteriorly, I tried, as a good nun should, to tell everything to my superiors. But as for the needs of my soul, I spoke about these only in the confessional, For many very good reasons I learned that a woman is not called to discern such mysteries. I laid myself open to much unnecessary suffering. For quite a long time I was regarded as one possessed by the evil spirit, and I was looked upon with pity, and the superior took certain precautionary actions in my respect. It reached my ears that the sisters also regarded me as such, and the the sky grew dark around me. I began to shun these divine graces, but it was beyond my power to do so. Suddenly, I would be enveloped in such recollection that, against my will, I was immersed in God, and the Lord kept me completely dependent upon himself. In the initial moments, my soul is always a little frightened, but later it is filled with a strange peace and strength. Once again here, St. Faustina gives us a glimpse into her soul. She shows how she grew through her purifications, but she also shows how she had many ongoing struggles. After she received special graces from God, the evil one can try to duplicate such graces to trick her. Remember the ten plagues that came to Egypt. The magicians of Pharaoh were able to duplicate what God had done. Where did they get their power from? certainly not from God. Again, St. Faustina struggled because she wasn't able to get clear direction, either from her confessors or her superiors. No one knew what to say to her. Being a mystic is no picnic. One thing I'd like to clarify from what St. Faustina says here, she, she speaks about opening herself up to her superiors only on the external We we call it the external forum and the internal forum. The internal forum has to do with your conscience, and that's something that should be discussed with confessors and spiritual directors. The external forum is something that we need to be open to our superiors about, how I'm living my religious life, how I'm living the vows, uh, if I'm going to confession, if I'm going for spiritual direction, etc. But opening up the the, the conscience is something that we're not obliged to do to our superiors. God guided St. Faustina through all of the tricks and all of the trials that she had to face. And he finally entrusted her with a good confessor in Father Andras and with a saintly spiritual director in Blessed Michael Sapochko. God did not abandon her and he will never do so to any of us either.